Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Well, our kids are invited to uh, join uh, our, our volunteers back for the kids' table. I know there's a, several of them back there already, so we're having a special time prepared for their stories today. And I'm glad to see all the faces here in the sanctuary as well as those I can't see online, and I don't know about you, but this is my happy time of year because pumpkin spice has come out in all shapes and forms, and I have a nice second dose of mine today, so maybe you're not a fan as much as I am, but, um, but anyway, you kind of see we have a little different setup here today, and I'll ask those that are going to be sharing today if you would make your way up front and um, help us out here. We're going to do things a little bit differently today. We're wrapping up our uh, sermon series story time, telling about the parables of Jesus, and it's a really, really exciting thing today. Um, and so I don't know about you um, if you enjoy animated movies. Anyone enjoy animated movies? Um, Disney movies, Disney fans, fans in the house. Um, I shared before about my love for The Lion King. That's the classic version. But I have to tell you, this weekend I did watch Encanto. I don't know, did anybody see Encanto? Maybe kids, grandkids, just by yourself, you know, maybe whatever you did. I watched it by myself. I was fascinated by the story and the music and all that kind of thing. And, and I don't know about you, you guys, but um, I, I tend to like Disney movies, especially, I have this is my little secret, after I watch a really scary movie or something that's just very disturbing, I turn on like a Disney flick, you know, kind of calms you. And, but, but there's some, you tend to kind of like them or hate them kind of for the same reason, I think. And that's because there's usually a happy ending, right? There's usually a happy ending, like in Canto, like I'm not going to spoil it, but things are happy at the end. So things turn out well. And as in most of the stories that we see, whether it's Lion King or Cinderella, right? The, Cinderella is one of my favorites. Um, anyway, uh, where the prince gets the princess, the bad guy or gal is banished. People realize the truth. The hero or heroine saves the day. Things are as they should be. And it's there to say that we're all kind of drawn to that kind of story. Uh, something that, that there's a fulfillment, there, things are wrapped up, that there's something good that happens at the end. And I would dare say that there's something inside all of us, whether you're a Disney fan or not, that hopes for that kind of ending in things, especially in life. And the good news is that there is good news, and that there is an ending to our story of life and creation, that, that God has promised that he will finish what he started. And that we're reminded that with the coming of Jesus, Jesus inaugurated or initiated a new kingdom, a new way of life called the kingdom of God. And so the gospel writer Mark calls it just that, good news, this coming kingdom. And Mark 1, 14 to 15 says, now after John was put into prison, that's John the baptizer, John, not the bapt, he wasn't Baptist, but he was baptizer. He came, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the gospel. And so throughout the gospels, we see that Jesus is depicted as this perfect embodiment, the incarnation of the kingdom of God. So basically, the kingdom of God is where Jesus is present. Scripture shows the kingdom of God is present. And that means that God's kingdom expresses the humble, other-oriented, self-sacrificial, enemy-loving embrace of God that is perfectly expressed on the cross. That Christ crucified is the definition 
of the character of God. But then, and only then, God, he, Jesus gave us the task of embodying that too. That it's not just about what Jesus did, but it's about us living out and expanding this very unique kingdom until he comes back to finish it up until the happy ending can be final. And so in this series, we've been talking about how Jesus described this kingdom to the people around him through stories, through parables. And we started off talking about the parable of the mustard seed. Then Jesus asked, Luke tells us, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It's like a mustard seed. He described how it's, the kingdom of God is very different than the ways of the world. And, and I have to say, there are times that we get glimpses of the kingdom of God, and maybe you experienced something like that this morning, in religious settings, like worship, in songs, in Bible studies. Maybe you've attended a retreat or a camp experience. But the more interesting thing is, more often, it shows up in very ordinary places, everyday places, moments rich in God's work and presence. Because we saw in our series, and you can go ahead in the scriptures and read through many more parables, he told, Jesus told stories of seeds, farmers, bridesmaids, workers, builders, parties, showing us one thing, and that thing is that God is at work in the midst of ordinary people and ordinary things in ordinary places. Ordinary objects, situations, and people describe where the kingdom of God is present. And that's what we're going to be sharing today. I'm going to ask my three friends here to come and help me share um, three stories of God's work among us. And the interesting thing, the common theme among these stories that we're going to share is that um, each of my friends here serves actively in our community here at Table Life Church. And I want to celebrate that. I think that's a wonderful thing. But the stories they're going to share don't take place at the church. Don't take place in the activity of the church. And so we're going to share three pictures, I'm going to move this out of the way briefly, um, of what the story of God looks like among us, of where God has been at work and what he's been doing among us and the amazing things there, but how they're in very real and very ordinary places. So that's why our little setup is here today. And this is, I guess this is like the hot seats. Are you feeling a little hot up here? Just a little, little, little toasty here. So Ben, I like your shirt. Sure. It is a cool show. Where'd you get it? Uh, Table Life Church. Awesome. Yeah, still for sale, by the way. We still have some available. But uh, anyway, so Ben Hodge here. Um, we're going to tell three stories of God's kingdom first at work. First at work. Um, so, so I want to ask you, Ben, so if you would just share a little bit, um, just tell a little bit about your job, um, kind of what you do, what, what goes on in your work. Sure. Um, as many of you know, I'm an educator at Central York High School in York, Pennsylvania, and I have been there for 20 years. I was hired out of Messiah College down the road uh, and have been working there since 2002. I am an uh, English literature major um, and woot woot, English literature, reading. Okay, Yay, great. Reading. And uh, with a second, <laughs> I got my secondary teaching degree uh, in in 2002 when I graduated. So I teach um, primarily theater classes now. Um, I was hired to take over the acting uh, classes that were being formed um, a year before I was hired. And I've been teaching acting classes, performing arts classes. Uh, they would spr they'll sprinkle in some speech and communication classes to me, uh, as well as um, some English classes um, when the schedule fits. So I'm also the artistic director there um, for Central York Performing Arts. 
So I direct, um, I helped lead a collaborative team of uh, artists to create uh, plays and musicals um, at our school district. Um, and I'm also involved in clubs. Um, uh, Panther Anti-Racist Union uh, was a club that I formed the last two years ago uh, after the murder of George Floyd. Um, so I'm working with lots of students in that capacity as well. Awesome, thanks for sharing that, Ben. So, so, how, so tell me a little bit, how do you see your work as, as, as a teacher and a director? How do you see that as ministry? Yeah, uh, I think that's a great question, and I'll be a little honest and transparent here. Um, as somebody who follows the news just like everybody else, uh, there's a consistent theme that I hear. I've been a public educator for 20 years. My mom, my mother was a public educator in upstate New York, so I was raised uh, to believe in the power of uh, public education. Um, and so when I hear... Um, my brothers and sisters sometimes talk about how God isn't in the schools anymore. Um, it kind of hurts me uh, when I hear that because um, I look around my place of work and um, I'm very fortunate to be able to see God on a regular basis. Uh, we may not be praying over the loudspeaker in the mornings, but there is a lot of prayer that is going on, at least in my public school. Uh, we had a, a murder of one of our teachers uh, at the end of the year last year, and, and I won't forget, indelibly, I was standing at Miss Walker's, her name was Erin Walker, and I was standing at her uh, door helping kids as they were going through the process, and I looked over to my right in the middle of the public school where a group of kids gathered around and they were praying, and there was an individual that came over and prayed with them. A student member and I was giving water to kids and I wasn't I may not have been praying with those kids but I was feeding them and giving them water and the district was taking care of them huh. so one of the things that I think is really important to, to say is that that God is still alive and working and I view my role as a Christian in that space as a follower of Christ to be Christ to as many of those kids as I possibly can and when the opportunity comes up, um, we have First Amendment rights. If a kid asks me if I'm a follower of Christ and I'm a believer in Christ, I say that I am. And I bring that up in my, uh, my teaching sometime. There's a difference between saying, okay, everybody, let's come up to the front of the classroom and accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. That's not happening, and nor do I think it should be. Um, but I think that what the difference is, is that people ask questions and they say, I've had students say, why are you so nice? And I tell them that um, I'm nice because I, I follow a savior who is loving and who loves everybody and gives grace to everybody. So I just want to kind of push back on that and let everybody know how important it is to remember that there, there's a lot of God's kingdom going on, even in public schools today. So it is not, uh, it is not as terrible as it sounds uh, as the media is portraying it. Yeah, well, and I think that goes along with some of the things that we were talking about in, in the parables, too, about the mustard seed being a very small type thing that you would tend to ignore, but how it grows into such a big, giant plant and how the impact can be so big. So I think often we overlook some of those opportunities and things and are, can be almost dismissive in that, too. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I wrote down here that it really is the little things. It's giving water to kids. Um, it's um, saying hello and seeing those kids um, and knowing their names. And um, I, you asked the specific question is how do I see it as a ministry? I want my room and my classroom and students to know me as somebody who that they can come and be safe around. Um, there's a lot of chaos in a lot of these young people's lives. 
and um, they're looking for a place where they can be, um, well, they're looking for a place where they can be, they're looking for a place where they can be loved, and they're looking for a place to belong. Um, that is really key. I take this mantra everywhere where I go, um, and it's really, really simple, but it really is effective. Oh, awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Ben. So, um, so just what would be a word of encouragement or advice that you would have for folks out here? What, whatever job they may be, maybe a, maybe a teacher, maybe something else. What would you say? Uh, I would say the first thing is what I just said, is that the little things matter. Um, yeah, the little things matter. Hmm. Um, if you see a need in your community or your place of work, um, and you hear that voice that, oh, you know, Maybe I should say something. If you see something, um, don't be afraid to have that awkward conversation of how are you doing and to be able to push past the initial concept of like, I'm fine. Like, no, really, how are you doing? Like, look past that. I think the second thing for me that's been super effective is um, to really see people. Um, and that goes back to that original point about, you know, really see people. Give people an opportunity to be seen and known, know people's names. Um, get to know them a little bit, and that goes a really long way. Um, I think looking for the joy is really important. Um, this is something that COVID taught me, uh, where it was extremely difficult um, in the last three or four years. Um, and I've, I had to train myself and pray that every day I would look for the joy in the world um, and look for the positive, um, look for the good things. My parents are always reminding me of that quote uh, from Paul. To, that mm -hmm. let my mind be on the things of heaven and, and of God and the good right. things. Um, and with so much negative stuff around us, it's really important for me to remember that. So look for a smile, look for a positive word, and be that for other people. Um, and finally, I, I honestly simplified my faith so much to the point where I, every day I'm trying to live uh, the greatest commandment every day. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm trying to love the Lord my God with all my heart, my mind, and my strength. Um, and love my neighbor as myself, uh, whether that neighbor is extremely different from me, and a lot of times there are, uh, but I need to love them and be there for them in a way that is uh, Christ-like. Awesome. Thank you, Ben. Well, let's give Ben a round of applause for Thank you so much. And that's, and that's a great segue, actually, just even speaking about, the, about sharing the joy, that we're going to talk about um, God's kingdom at play. Have you ever thought about that? That God's kingdom can be embodied in our places of joy and our places of play, whether they're hobbies or sports, or in Nate's case, in gaming. And, um, and many of you guys have known Nate um, for, for quite a while, but those of you who haven't, um, he's one of our young adults and is a passion, I would say, right, for games. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so tell, tell me a little bit about your passion for games and this game night that you started um, here at Table Life Church. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I've always, I've always liked like playing games. That's always been like a positive like outlet to me, like board games, card games, anything like that. Any kind of game, right? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, and uh, I guess at one point in like Donald and me, it's just like, well. Like, and I, like, struggle with, like, anxiety and things, and that helps with that. Um, and how I kind of came up with the idea was, like, uh, just kind of, like, 
put together like a game night, just something like simple people can come out to and just kind of like, just, <laughs> just come out, have a good time for a couple hours, play some games, meet some, meet some new people and just be like a good like community, like positive out, mm -hmm. like activity for people. Um, um, and especially too for like people like me that struggle with some things like, like sometimes just like getting out of the house and doing something and be hard, and I just saw this as like an opportunity to like put something together a couple nights a month and give like an outlet for people to just like not have to worry about what's going on, just come out and play some games and just have some fun. That's awesome, yeah, and it, so this wasn't just an idea you had, but you actually did it, right? You actually yeah. took steps yeah. and you've been going for like, how many months, eight months? Something like that, right? Uh, yeah, we started up the end of January, I think, of this year. Um, we, it, I did have it going, like, right before COVID, but then we had to shut it down. Right. And all that, and then okay. It's yeah. been really good, like, getting it started back up. And awesome. So, so how have you seen that? How have you seen your kind of leadership of, of this game night? And even just the games that you play with all different people, not just church people, but people outside, how do you see that as ministry? Like, where have you seen God at work in some of that? Um, I mean, I guess in a way just showing, like, kindness to others and just mm -hmm. welcoming people in um, is just, like, a bit of a sign of, like, ministry there. Like, I mean, it's not like we, like, sit down and, like, talk about, like, serious stuff or whatever. Like, we're there to play games, but it's, like, it's, I don't know, I see it as a ministry of just, like, forming community. Yeah. People that may not, like, like, maybe, like, as much have a community as, like, like a support system and just, like, kind of, like, gather people in. Yeah. A, a ministry of presence, really. Yeah. 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 Sure. And, re and relationship building, too. Because I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you, but like, it's hard as adults often to build relationships, um, especially as you get older and you're kind of out of school and you kind of have those different activities and things, right? It's it can be difficult. So forming something around an activity in that in that place. Um, so so share us share with, share with us a glimpse of God's kingdom that you've experienced in your time playing playing games. What is that? You're doing great. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess in a way it's just been a really good thing for me. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, That's awesome. Just like, like kind of coming out of the shadows and like trying to do something that like I care a lot about and like being a ministry and like a help to other people like that come out and just I mean <laughs> I mean we we talk a bit we have a good time we have <laughs> we have a lot of laughs and stuff while we play and stuff it's just 
it's just. That's awesome. Yeah, thank, thanks, Nate. And, and what would be a word of encouragement that you would like to say to everybody here today who may have a, maybe, maybe it's gaming, maybe it's not, but um, what would you like to say to everybody? Um, I guess um, one thing I could say um, from my own experience is just like if you have like something that you love or something that you have a passion for, it's like go for it, like do it mm. and like you'll be immensely surprised at like what things will come about from it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thanks, Nate. Thanks so much for sharing. These are, these are great, really. So at work, at play, just that God's at work in all these different ways. And last but not least, we have my friend Dawn here, Pastor Dawn. She's a retired minister here um, who's going to share with us um, God's kingdom in the neighborhood, looking at your neighborhood. And um, for what I know of you recently, Dawn, you're a party-type person um, <laughs> in a lot of different ways. <laughs> but... Um, what was it? About a year ago, you moved into this new neighborhood that you started a new uh, stage in life. So, so tell us about that. Well, I think I have to go back to the story uh, of having lived on Evergreen Road. Jay and I lived there 47 years. Wow. And if any of you have been here for a little bit of time, you most probably visited there. And then Jay's health declined and uh, we decided to move to New Cumberland, and we moved in on Swarthmore Road, and uh, uh, Jay passed, and for some reason, my health continued to decline, and, you know, I got to meet a lot of beautiful people there, though, and uh, it was one of those that last year, um, my grandson and I decided, as having had several health issues uh, prop up, that it was best that I get out from under home ownership. And so we began to talk about what would be best and uh, decided that we needed to look for an apartment. And I had had a friend that lived at Quaker Station Apartments outside of Lewisbury, and she loved it. And that was about eight years ago. And then Don Haynes moved into one of them last uh, December, and he too was very happy with it, and I thought, well, let me, let me look at his. So I went out, and it's a ranch-type apartment complex. There's six apartments in the ranch house, and uh, quite roomy, and uh, so I decided to sign up last March, put the house up for sale, and uh, in June, it sold in five days, mm -hmm. and uh, they said, get out before that. <laughs> And so I lived in a friend's cottage for a couple of months, and then I got word that my apartment was ready. Now, that's not something to be taken lightly, for I had prayed. I prayed that it would be right in the center of the activity, and that I would be able to see people all the time, and that I could have a good time. Good time. Yep. Good, good time. time. Good times. And so last July... I moved in, and I got up the next morning, and I looked out my living room window, and lo and behold, I saw trees. 
Trees, lots of trees. No people, but lots of trees. And I thought to myself, what am I doing? What am I going to do? But as my story goes on, you'll find out. Thank you. Thanks, Don. Yeah, exciting setup. I love how you did that. Very nice, very nice. So, so tell us the next part of the story. So how did just your, your place of residence, your neighborhood, become your ministry? Knowing that you've had pastoral experience, you've served for many years, you continue to lead Bible studies in the church and connect with people, but how did your neighborhood become your ministry? Well, it started out that, uh, you know, I have a little dog and I walk the dog and I have a walker attached to that and what have you. And... You know, it's amazing how other people are out, and you say hi, and you begin to talk, and they're going by in a car, and so you wave, and suddenly they stop and they talk, and just, you get to know people just that way. But last fall, I decided to make a couple of pies and deliver them to the neighborhood, so I did that, and lo and behold, one of those began to take my trash down to the dumpster for me, so I get to see Dave lots of times, and the other one, uh, Jim, they do shovel the walk, mow the grass, all that, but uh, if it blows in, Jim comes over and shovels the walk again, hmm. and one of the other neighbors that, as I pull out, I see, and I wave to, and I'll roll down the window, how you doing? And lo and behold, they made a big batch of the best spaghetti sauce, and uh, he gave me a container of that, and we just continued to talk and kind of gab. And then this uh, summer, um, Pam and I, teaching the Bible study, decided to do an ice cream social. And so we made homemade ice cream, but I wanted to test it. And so we made it on a Sunday night, and uh, of course I ran out of ice, so I got the neighbor, do you have any extra ice? And they came over and joined us for the ice cream. And then the other neighbor saw the activity. So they came over. Hmm. And before you know it, the cord wasn't working. He went and got his cord. And his wife come over. And so we got the ice cream ready. And she said, can I take some down to my dad who lives in the apartment building but opposite corner and is older? So he got some. And so it became a neighborhood ice cream social. And so little, little things that you do that you think doesn't mean a hell of beans in plain words, but God uses. God turns those into bigger things. And one of the things that I did this summer, you remember you asked me what I did for fun this summer? What did you do for fun this summer? Remember? Oh, I, I did. a pot garden. She grew a pot garden. Now, now, wait a minute. It's tomatoes, and it's peppers, and it's lettuce, it's, but it's in a pot. So it's a pot garden. And my neighbors got to enjoy some of my pot gardening. And so... So this is a disclaimer. Don't go home and say the sermon had the pot garden. We illustrate. It was pots, right? Yeah. Correction. I have pots. all kinds and shapes of pots. pots. And so, anyhow, the neighbors got to love my gardening. And That's so, awesome. there's so many different ways. 
that you can transform your life, your home, whatever, into sharing. And that's one of the things I did. Awesome. Thanks, Dawn. Yes, let's give Dawn a round of applause. <laughs> Answered all my questions. Yeah, and, and these are just some great examples, I think, of, like I said, just where you are. Ordinary people, ordinary places, ordinary things. And, and that's where God's at work. The stories that Jesus was telling, he, he kind of wrapped that up, that, that God uses us um, really in spite of us, but really where we are in those simple, simple things. So I want to thank our friends once again for, for joining us today. You guys can go ahead and take a seat here. And we'll, we'll wrap things up and get them to the table. But um, the, the good news of the kingdom is that we can participate in God's will and God's way on earth as it is in heaven. And, um, and that, that's an amazing thing to do that um, where, where we are. And, and I think each of us has that very unique and strategic place in life that you are right now. And that may be in retirement. That may be in a certain neighborhood, that may be a certain people that you're connected to, maybe through an activity or something. And just really asking that question, how might God use it? Well, I just want to share with you um, just, just briefly, and many of you have heard about this before, but a way that um, collectively here at Table Life Church, we're, we're seeking to embody some of that, some of which you just heard, and that is um, through a ministry that we're starting, that actually kicks off this week um, on September 1st, called The Supper Table. And at our State of the Church meeting, we shared about this. Well, guess what? It's here. And um, The Supper Table is something that we're seeking to be in the community. And it's a once, a, the first Thursday of the month, starting this Thursday, it's a once a month community meal um, that's going to be held over in Lemoyne at the community building, right, in the borough building. And that itself has been an amazing blessing. Very easily, we could have chosen to have this meal here at the church, but we knew that people that, that need to be connected in relationships um, and connected to Jesus, um, some people might feel a little, uh, I don't know about coming to a church. So we kind of picked a, um, a location that, that would, people would feel comfortable, and that's at the community building. And this is meant to feed people physically. We're going to have a nice meal that, that is going to be served, um, but also relationally and spiritually. And once again, it's free for everyone, but this is not for us. This is not for us, the people that are here at Table Life Church. Um, we will have a what we call a common meal on September 18th following worship that will be a fellowship meal for us, for Table Life Church. But this, the supper table, is an opportunity to love and share things and share life with our community. And, um, and I would say this, that if, yes, if you do want to help, um, bring a friend. That if you, wanna, if you do want to be a part of it, your ticket to coming is bringing somebody that, hey, church isn't their thing, but they would come to a meal. And it's basically going to be a half hour of eating and a half hour of sharing and discussion around tables. Just a very, very simple type thing. Um, and so our, our goal is to that food, faith, and friendship, that that would form around this and we'd be able to connect with people in our community. And... Um, but just to kind of tie all everything up that what you've heard today, what you've heard through the parable series, I think the question that um, lies at the forefront is how might you participate in the kingdom of God? You know, the kingdom of God, as uh, John the Baptist, John the Baptizer shared, the kingdom of God is here, is present, 
It's not complete, but it's present. How might you participate in the kingdom of God? Is there something that God might be calling you to do where you are, to join, to partner in, or to start with what you have? Because sometimes, as we've observed, it starts as small as a mustard seed, as unexpected as a late bridegroom, as sturdy as a house built on rock, as grace-filled as a generous landlord, and as trusting as a wise boss. Because God is at work in ordinary places, among ordinary people and ordinary things. And that includes you.